Hey everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me as always is my co-host Mark. Mark, please tell me you're doing better this week. I am doing so much better, sir, Alan, of the roundtable. Thank you so much for asking. Um, when bars I, are that low. Yeah, the bars are uh, dreadfully, dreadfully low. <laughs> There's at least four pieces of duct tape oh uh, over the... the the delete button. delete everything button <laughs> thank god so you know we're not we're not messing around we are not messing around i suppose yeah. if we really weren't messing around we would have the r&d department remove the button that that's, just seems like overkill though that's a lot of work yeah i don't want to do that i don't want to do I got that. things to do we've uh we've done a lot of work in our past mark and i think you know as we sink into retirement here let's yeah. just not work harder than we have to yeah i'm ready to sink into retirement <laughs> i don't know when that's going to happen but i'm ready my 80s i'm thinking maybe 90s i've already started sinking so i'm i'm doing some uh, some pre-work is how i look at it uh you're you're uh you're investing some time now to save yourself time later yeah that's yeah that's what i'm doing <laughs> say a little, little prep work sure why not <laughs> well mark hey you, let's tell our folks at home that we're here to talk about season six episode 15 the wall let's do that oh no. you just did yeah i the just wall. did that yes i did uh, this episode first aired on March 6, 2014, about yep. a week after the last episode. We just uh, covered anniversaries. Yep. In fact, we so an episode so good, Mark, we covered it twice. Yeah, but but you only you people out there in, in TV they land, only get to hear one version. You only get to hear the latest. The, the yeah. not nearly as good as that, the original. My recycle bin. I can't even believe both Polar and Offerman showed up at the exact same time. So weird. So weird. Line dancing. Yeah. It's, it's you can't trap lightning in the bottle twice no, no what are you gonna do all right let's just do this i let's, guess i guess we'll just do this one <laughs> all right well hey mark uh episode uh 15 here was done by uh, directed by ken whittingham he mm -hmm. gets the the golden uh director's chair is that what we call it i think we said the gold the golden megaphone the golden megaphone yeah, i yeah. like that so much better. he was on our show he ken whittingham was on our show yes he was he was a terrific guy he was super nice guy yeah he's really nice i've chatted with him on facebook a couple of times since then just in the chat and it's uh kind of follow him there and uh see what he's up to and uh just again super nice guy we're always rooting for him i should say mark that ken did eight total episodes as director mm -hmm. this is his fifth of eight so we've got a few more here as we finish out the series okay and uh you, you can find ken's work also in the office 30 rock uh, i think of brooklyn 99 here and there and just a lot of other shows we love oh sure this episode was written by the golden pen goes to jen mm -hmm. statsky uh, she wrote two episodes, ultimately. This is the first of those two. And uh, I know Jen from the TV show Hacks, The Good Place, of course, which you watch. And mm -hmm. So I I'll make you a deal, Mark. What that is. I will finally watch The Good Place mm. beyond the pilot mm. if you will watch Hacks. Mm. And I don't think either of us will be worse for it. I know you won't be. I don't know. It sounds like work. But yeah, okay. Hacks you is can, one you of my favorite me. shows. And, All right. Uh, Jen's a big reason for that. So uh, I'll actually talk about that a little later. Is that H-A-X? Hacks. H-A-C-K-X. That's not the cool versions. I don't want to do it now. <laughs> all, right, all right. It's, it's old-fashioned hacks. All right. Fair yeah. enough. But it's about some young kids, so it's kind of new that way. Mm. Yeah. All right. Makes me feel young, or wish I was young. <laughs> I get those two confused sometimes. <laughs> Happens when you get old. It really does. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Mark, why don't you get into our episode's uh, synopsises, and we'll get this thing on the road. All right. I'm gonna. Uh, well, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, what did I do? I broke this sucker down into three stories. How you like them apples? I like all three of those apples. Yeah. We're, we'll be juggling them to see if they come out in the same order <laughs> right. as usual. Juggle the apples. Let's do that. All right. So for the A story, I have as entitled, Dot Your I's and Cross Your B's. <laughs> okay. Clever. 
I see what you did there. Yeah, like that's it. pretty good. I yeah. like that. Leslie hopes the Unity concert, which we had introduced in the last episode, will prove the Pawnee Eagleton merger was a success, but plans a couple more things to ensure success. First, she books a meeting with Grant Larson, director of the Midwest branch of the National Park Service, to ask about declaring Eagleton Hills a national park for the Unity concert grand finale. Second, at the park that borders Pawnee and Eagleton, Leslie decides to knock down the graffiti-filled wooden fence dividing the two towns during a press conference where she will announce the Unity concert. Mm. Things are going well at the press conference, and Leslie has two Eagletonians uh, do the honors. Say that. Yeah, uh, they do the honors of delivering. You know how you like christen a boat with a bottle or something. Sure, so they have champagne. the symbolic first strike yeah. uh, on the wooden fence that because they're going to tear it down. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a big beehive <laughs> directly behind the spot they hit yeah. and then the beehive wouldn't you know it contains thousands of bees now train all those bees they're mad and now <laughs> they start to scatter and sting everybody at the press conference and, and it turns out the majority stung were eagletonians which is, i mean it's yeah. a little funny yeah. but the media assumes that leslie set all this up as a prank <laughs> oh which further it furthers the divide if you will between the two towns like they need another thing they don't need any other thing what will happen how does Leslie combat the media saying the bees were an elaborate prank? Will Leslie do anything to make the stinging victims feel better? Whatever happened to Leslie's meeting with Grant Larson? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Uh, this week, I think last week, I had the book titles reimagined. Yes. So this week, it's song titles that have been reworked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, go, man, go. Right? I can't even wait. So Pink Floyd's most famous song, Another Brick in the Wall, right, uh, uh. was originally titled Another Bee in the Wall. Oh. It just didn't test well with no. the audience. They, it was too, too, uh, they didn't understand it. No. Yeah. I, I had actually heard the the uh, the promo for that was a lot of bzz, bzz, bzz in the background, <laughs> like for the for the tempo. Yeah. It didn't work. Didn't work. No. Catch the buzz, I think, was the phrase. Oh, they that, just, see? Yeah. Now, I actually do like that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. How about your B story, Mark? All right, the B story. Um, Not to be confused with the bees from the A story. No, no, the bees from the A story. Uh, they stay in the A story. They stay there. They're no damn good. <laughs> now, my B story is entitled Chemicals Have Never Been So Sexy. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know. I yeah. like it. All right. Tom and Ben hold a Unity Concert Sponsorship Seminar to entice local businesses to pledge their support. And Tom does a pretty good job with his pitch, and he reels in 16 sponsorship offers, including one from Mitch Savner, owner of Savner Bleaches and Chemicals. Mitch tells Tom he likes to invest in good ideas, and he was so impressed, in fact, by Tom's presentation, he believes Tom is uh, an idea man, you know, mm. and he offers Tom the opportunity to pitch his best idea to him the next day. Wow. Well, Tom's only fleshed out idea and the one he's most passionate about is a, is a restaurant uh, venture. But Ben reminds him, you know, restaurants can be really, really risky. Uh, Tom reluctantly asks Ben for help, knowing that even though he may not come up with something sexy, so to speak, Ben can likely produce a solid business idea. What's more important? How will this turn out? Can Ben come up with a solid business idea for Tom? Will Tom pass out from sheer boredom? <laughs> what does Tom ultimately pitch to Mitch Savner? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. 
Well, apparently we juggled the balls in the same order this week. I had the same beat. Oh, story. good. So that just makes life easier for yeah. me. I don't really care about you. Yeah. So my my B story title, again, you know, uh, songs that have been reworked, Mark. You yeah. Know? Bachman Turner Overdrive's most famous song, of course, was, uh, you know, Taking Care of Business. Actually, yeah. before that, it was Taking Care of Pawnee Business. Oh. Yeah. So, so that would have been a good one to yeah. do for the A story, Taking Care of Business. Maybe that didn't work. That didn't work. It, as I as it that came, didn't test well with audiences either. <laughs> as it came out of my mouth, I thought disaster. No, yeah, that's not going to work. work. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing we can edit that, right? We'll take that out. Thank God. Make you sound better. All right. I mean, do that too if you can. Constantine, the usual, please. Yeah, don't. But no, but not that button. Good. <laughs> my dear God. God. All right. C story, Mark. Spare me. Do the thing. Love. Okay. C story. Um. The my title is Ron's son. A swan son. I, I, that's all I got. I just, it vaguely rhymes. There's something there. <laughs> da, 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 I like da, it. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you want that? Yeah. No, that's the wrong one. Damn it. I, they need to label these better. What is it with our buttons? I don't know. Oh my God. I don't think I have that one. Well, that's We have fun. most of the that's, soundboard back. Right. That's the good news. The bad news is I don't have that one. Maybe the magic of uh, post-production editing, we can fix it and get rid of all this. You know, Alan, my favorite part of every episode is where the the the, the viewers at home get to see how things a, go to plan. A glimpse of how the sausage is made. Oh, sure. <laughs> or I'm sorry, the thicket or whatever. So <sighs> plant-based right. sausage. But thank you, <laughs> plossage. All right. Plossage. So see uh, the yeah, Ronson Swan song. It sucks. Um. All right. So here it goes. Um. Unbeknownst to Leslie and the gang, Diane. Uh, Zeno, Princess Warrior, has already had Ron's baby. Indeed, this only comes to light when Ron brings his newborn son, John, in to work with him. However, Ron quickly goes tired of his co-workers constantly hovering and fussing over John because he's so cute and it denies him the peace and the quiet he so desperately wants. In an attempt to get away from the gang, he takes John up to seemingly deserted third floor of City Hall where he happily stumbles upon the combo of a faulty radiator and a toolbox. Happily fixing the radiator, Ron and his son attract the attention of the construction crew getting ready to start work on the third floor, who warn them they are about to make a lot of very loud noise. What will happen? Does the construction crew drive Ron and his son away? What else will Ron find in this paradise called the third floor? Can Ron continue to elude everyone, making a fuss over the baby? Hang in there, true believers only. Time will tell, dot, dot, dot. Nice job, Mark. Yeah. To, to wrap it up, my, my third and final uh, song title reimagining, uh, you know, Johnny Cash's A Boy Named Sue, very famous song off Folsom Prison album, if yes. you're familiar with it, uh, was originally titled uh, A Boy Named None of Your F***ing Business. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, that was quick. Thank you, Constantine, yeah, for that. Yeah. You were quick on that beep. Huh. So uh, the obvious reasons could not pass. No. So no, I know yeah. how much those beeps cost. <laughs> They're just, very expensive. You few them, they'll bankrupt you. It's almost as expensive as using, you know, a crane shot and a Tom Petty song at the end of the episode. That's some crazy, crazy craziness. <laughs> well done. I like it. Yeah, me too. Well, hey, Mark, how was? Uh, what'd you come up with for your AKA this week? AKAs. Well, you know, Alan, the, the reason we do this is because NBC sucks on ice, and we're much better at at. at uh, coming up with what you call titles yeah, yeah titles things. yeah uh then then they are because theirs uh, for this was called the uh, the wall yeah 
I mean, Pink Floyd fans sure, aside, loved it, but no but, one else. Yeah, it's not really good. So my AKA, which is uh, clearly uh, much better, is by my man crush Ron Swanson. Oh, perfect. Um, which uh, it goes like this: He says uh, he's being very philosophical. Uh-huh. So he says, uh, "Most people in this world, John, are assholes." <laughs> See, I like that See, one. See, this is going to cost <laughs> us a lot. We we have so much work to do in post production. Oh week. my god, crazy, crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about yours? Well, I, mine was actually a, a Leslie Nope line this week. Very good. She's and uh, there's some confusion about how to maybe you know uh, abbreviate things, and you know Leslie refers <laughs> to the hole yeah. on the fence yeah. to tell you know, she's <laughs> late for a meeting with Grant. And says, "Larry, just tell him I'm I'm messing with my b hole." Yeah. Uh, then she finally says, uh, "Don't mention my b hole, Larry." Yeah. So. I think actually that's my AKA and I'm nominating it for the t-shirt list as well. Oh, I agree. I think that's a don't great Don't mention call. my b-hole. Yeah. Yeah. So. But but if you're going to have it on a shirt, it's a written word and you should have B-E-E. Oh, of course. Because I mean, what else would it be? <laughs> B-hole. Oh. I hope there's an illustrated never, never bee's that. nest next to it too. You yeah. Know? We don't want people's minds going there. No. Because they would. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> Yours did. You oh, know it did. Absolutely, man. Hey, Mark, why don't you get into our uh, with the breakdown thing we do? All right. Time to break it down. Break it down. Here we go. Here we go. Starting it out. Any moment. All right. So we got the cold open. A very good place to start. We, we open on a bright, sunny morning at City Hall. And we see Ron sitting in his office when Leslie walks in to talk about Diane's baby shower. <laughs> Ron, dear God, woman. <laughs> Already <laughs> oh it's God. making me laugh. Yep. Leslie mentions a stroller as a gift idea. And Ron tells her, well, we already have one. And he kind of points behind her and leslie like oh okay and turns around to find out what she made ben's stupid surprise face yes she did i clocked that me too ron has brought his newborn son into the office check that diane has already had the baby and leslie didn't know about it dear god and she's not dealing with this very well not so well everybody get in here anyway leslie calls the gang in there to fuss over ron's baby and ron introduces them to john middle name redacted swanson (laughs) who who, by the way is a fan of silence like his father so please keep your voices down so there you go very good yeah I, I love how that ended too. That Ron's really subtle request. You know, he's been busy with the child, obviously. Yeah. Could somebody please stop by the pet store and get me some fish food? And Leslie goes, "When did you get a fish?" Yeah, she's already keyed she's up. She's way out of the loop. Yeah. This will not stand, Mark. No, no, no. The center will not hold. It will not. Well, Mark, we kick off the main episode with an update on the forthcoming Unity concert, and it's apparently a banner day in Pawnee. Yeah. Ah, see yeah. Right there? Yeah. Might even be fifth coming. I don't know. We'll so we see. we see Andy, April, Madison, and Craig, the uh, the Pawnee Eagleton Youth Committee. Just the Utes. That's what they go Just by. Just the Utes. Um, they're working diligently during one of their Ute committee meetings, and we see Leslie walk in to talk to them. Hey, Constantine, play the clip, sir. Okay, Youth Committee, update on the Unity concert. Madison? So far, 12 bands have said yes, and we asked them all to submit a song for the Newtown Anthem Contest. I think we should book Oren as a headliner. I think it's a no-brainer. He dislocates his shoulder to the music of Billy Joel. The Pawnee Journal called it, Why Would Anyone Do This? Stop (laughs) suggesting Oren. 
Craig, any update on the art tents? 14 local artists have signed up to show their work. It was going to be 15, but then this one guy described himself as Jackson Pollock-esque, and I told him that's finger painting for adults, and I hate it! The Tommy Eagleton merger has made for a rough year, both for me and for the town. But if I can pull off this Unity concert and prove that this merger was a success, Pawnee might once again tolerate slash ignore me. I know that sounds bad, but for a politician, it's pretty much the best case scenario. Well, you guys might as well be a pile of leaves because you're about to get blown away. I have booked a meeting with none other than Grant Larson. No one knows who that is? Um, I do. Grant Larson, otherwise known as Elton John. Congratulations. <laughs> no, Larson. Grant Larson is the director of the Midwest branch of the National Park Service. He's basically the Liam Bonneville of the Midwest. Oh. <laughs> Liam Bonneville? The Department of the Interior's resident bad boy? He's basically the Tim Dweck. Okay, never mind. I have asked Dear Grant God. to declare Eagleton Hills a national park as the grand finale of our Unity concert. Great idea, Leslie. And with that update, the Pawnee New Founders Day Unity concert is now officially ahead of schedule. And that banner unfurling marks the hundredth time that one of my projects has been ahead of schedule. Wow. Wow. Only Leslie. Yeah, the the two visuals there. You know, she pulls the one banner to to say ahead of schedule. Sure. Which took some planning on its own to yeah. install that. You know, for that meeting. A lot and of then, assumptions too. And then the the second one, uh, she says, and you know, that's the hundredth time my one of my projects has been. And she pulls it and it says, "Happy ahead of schedule centennial, <laughs> Leslie." Dear God. Uh, Over prepared much? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, from there, we now take a stroll down the hall to where Tom and Ben are each leaning into their strengths to assist with the Unity concert in a different way. Yeah, this is a, a short little scene. We, we cut, I think this is City Council Chambers, and we see Tom and Ben leading a meeting where they are informing many uh, important people about the upcoming Unity concert. In a nutshell, they're trying to get sponsors for the Unity concert, giving them a little razzle-dazzle, or well, Tom is, and, you know, seeing who bites. Well, meanwhile, Mark, Ron is struggling with a new attention directed his way and is considering how to restore his partially active landmine. Mm, that could work. Yep. Yeah. So we now cut back to Ron's office where we see Donna and Craig standing over the stroller and they're making a fuss over baby John because he's so cute. Uh, Ron becomes more and more irritated at all this. Go figure. figure. And finally reaches his breaking point when Jerry... To be fair, Jerry should have known better. Oh, my God. Because I, I knew the second. Oh, the second he holds it up. Jerry walks in with a onesie made by his wife, Gail. For, for the, the baby. For the baby. No, for, it was for the baby. <laughs> and then the onesie says, property, property of the Pawnee government. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, in a vacuum, that's a little funny. It's funny. That's not funny to Ron, Ron at all. Oh he God. gets up, he walks over to Jerry, snatches the onesie out of his hand, throws it into the trash can, walks over to the stroller, and storms out. Blah! Leaving Donna, Craig, and Jerry a little stunned. A little bit stunned. Yeah. If he'd had access to a shredder, I'm pretty sure he would have put it in that instead. Yeah, if yeah. not Jerry. No, just the onesie. Yeah. Well, while Ron bursts out of the office, Andy learns that the Kool-Aid man is a professional, unlike himself, and Leslie finds the Unity concert inspiration she was looking for. We now cut to the park bordering Pawnee and Eagleton. I'm not sure we ever learned this park's actual name, which it doesn't matter. But Mark, actually, I know the name of this park. You do? I do. It's Gateway Park. Is that what it is? Yeah, because uh -huh. it's the gateway from Pawnee to Eagleton. Well... 
I can't pretend to argue with you about that. So <laughs> you can pretend. They uh, no, I really can't. <laughs> so we, they they go to Gateway Park there, and it's bordering Pawnee. Oh, now I get it. Yeah. And so, so then Leslie is telling April and Andy about her plan to have a press conference there, where she's going to announce the Unity concert. And April points out, hey, uh, where are you going to have that? Because that wooden dividing wall back there, it's got all sorts of graffiti over it. And I don't know if you want people to be seeing that. Not and stuff. ideal. And Leslie comes to the conclusion that, you know what? The purpose of this is to unite the towns. Why do we even need this dividing wall? We should knock it down. Tear down that wall, Mr. Gorbachev. Yeah. Yes. And then Andy summons his inner Kool-Aid man. <laughs> and it with less than spectacular results. <laughs> he he puts a shoulder into the wall and it doesn't break down. The wall puts a shoulder into him. It and pretty much, yeah. yeah. He back down. Well, Mark, much like treasure and trash, one person's paradise might look to another person like a major safety hazard and a major liability risk. We now cut back to City Hall. This time, however, if if I'm not mistaken, Alan, we are going someplace we've never gone before. Yep. We've heard of the creepy, nightmare-inducing fourth floor. Well, sure. We've been there, in fact. We've been there several times. It's horrible lighting and all of the above. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dank. It's, uh, it's, it's creepy. But today, in an attempt to get away from everyone, Ron decides to take his son, John, to the third floor. And we see Ron come out of the elevator, and he's pushing the stroller into a dark, quiet room. In Ron's words... Turns out the third floor is silent, empty, and completely free of government work. I can't think of anything more beautiful to share with my son. (laughs) And as if that weren't enough, Ron comes upon a broken radiator and a toolbox and promptly declares the third floor is a paradise. (laughs) What else could a man want, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the pathway to Mogul is a difficult one, and along the way you will definitely need some friends to help you get there. Friends that you, of course, can later cast aside like yesterday's detritus. Yeah. That's how Tom rolls. That's a big word there, detritus. Yeah, I like that word. I do like that word. You don't get enough of that lately. No. All right. So we we cut back to council chambers, or really, this is like the hallway right outside it, because I think their their presentation is over, and they're kind of... They kind of come out of the room. Filtering out, right? Yeah. And we see Tom and Ben... Uh, talking about how the presentation went. Apparently, Tom did pretty good. He was effective enough to bring in 15 sponsorship offers. That's pretty impressive. Soon made 16 by Mr. Mitch Savner of Savner Bleaches and Chemicals. And with a big smile, Mitch tells Tom that not only will he sponsor the Unity concert, but he's also looking to invest in other ventures. And he was very impressed with Tom's presentation. And he has a feeling that Tom is... Uh, an idea man, and Mitch then invites Tom to come by his office the next day and pitch his hottest idea, and Tom accepts. Wow. Well, anxious to see what he comes up with. Yeah. He says he's got some uh, eggs already to hatch in his personal idea basket, so we'll see. His personal idea nest. Oh, nest. That's yeah. right, yeah. They complete the egg You thing. don't want to put them in the basket until you get them out of the nest. I've, I've always said that. <laughs> Mark, back at Gateway Park, it's time to tear down that wall, Mr. Gorbachev. See, there you go. And we also get a reminder, Mark, that the devil is in the B-tails. <laughs> I, got, I got puns galore today. You're welcome. Ring that through the juicer one more time. Okay. We cut back to Gateway. We cut back to Gateway, Gateway Park, yeah, yeah. Uh, bordering Pawnee and Eagleton there, and where Leslie is now giving a press conference to announce the Unity concert. Constantine, play the clip. 
Thank you so much, everyone, for coming, and a special thank you to the City Council for their support. I was told there'd be a free barbecue buffet. Let's take some beef jerky and hush. This spring, we will be holding a massive Unity concert to commemorate the merger between Pawnee and Eagleton. This three-day music and arts festival will end on a day we will call New Founders Day, an official beginning to our new town. A few years ago, Eagleton put up this wall along the border. Now it is time to tear down this wall. In the name of unity, I have given some former Eagletonians the first strike. Take it away, guys. Here we go. It's such a great day for peace, peace. Nobody panic. Oh, God. oh man, this is amazing, man. The stupid Eagletonians are totally getting pwned by these bees. We send this straight to Tosh. Don't worry, babe, I'll protect you. I got stung once, I'm immune. Go ahead and sting me, bees. It does nothing. Oh my God. <laughs> Mark, I'm not sure Andy understands the science behind immunity. Yeah. I think he's mostly made of honey, like Winnie the Pooh. So I, I, I'm not sure. He kind of is. He puts his uh, sweatshirt over April's head to protect her there. Yeah. Because, you know, he'll get stung. He didn't care. There's just so much there that was so very funny. Uh, yes. Jam laughing at everyone until he starts getting the crap stung out of him. <laughs> he gets his, like, he, right in the face. Yeah, like, in Right his around mouth. the eyes, in his mouth. And, yeah. Oh, my God. And then, and then crazy Craig, oh, my God, <laughs> running through the crowd. <laughs> I think he scared the bees, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Craig Wood. He saw a little bee crap coming out. <laughs> Well, back at City Hall, Leslie has some splaining to do. And while I'm fond of the expression, it's none of your beeswax. See, Mark, I got them all day long. Yeah, no, no, no. Leslie learns that you really need to be careful with your bee litter turns a phrase. Yeah, nicely done. All right. So we, we cut back to City Hall where Leslie is giving yet another press conference. But this time she is apparently defending herself to the Pawnee media who apparently think Leslie devised this whole thing as some sort of elaborate prank on Eagleton. Brilliant. Leslie refutes this as best she can, but ultimately ends up walking out when it becomes obvious that her words are having no effect. Freaking trod. Trod. I mean, that guy. Jesus. What a nutcase. I love it. Um, so we then briefly see Leslie walk into the bullpen where Jerry tells her, hey, by the way, Grant Larson uh, is on the phone from, you know, from the guy from National Park Service. And Leslie tells Jerry, no, 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 we're, we're this crisis, crisis mode, Jerry, mode, Jerry, crisis mode. And you got to tell Grant uh, she'll have to reschedule with him on account of uh, she's trying to fix her beehole disaster. disaster. Oh, see, now I get it. <laughs> Good Lord. That's funny. That is funny. Well, Mark, back up on the third floor, Ron and John accomplish a big task, and we learn that John is already familiar with the sound of power tools. Yeah, we cut back to the third floor paradise, where Ron is happily completing the fix for the aforementioned faulty radiator, narrating to his son the whole time. And we then see a construction crew walk up to Ron and his son, telling them that they're redoing this whole floor, and they're really the only people allowed up there right now. And uh, kind of glance at his small son he's like we're, we're gonna be kind of loud yeah ron chuckles tells them his son is several weeks old and is quite familiar with the sound of power tools and for them to proceed with their work they won't notice them at all 
not, I don't know if the crew knows what to do with that. They don't know what to do with that. And apparently the power tools don't bother John, but people must because earlier Ron wanted everyone to keep it down. Because the power tools are soothing. It's what you call white noise. Actually brown noise, but yeah. Well, Mark, down in Ben's office, Tom is a mogul without a mission, and Ben is doing his best to help him out. Yeah, we cut to Ben's office, and he and Tom are trying to figure out what idea he can pitch Mitch Sabner at his office the next day. Constantine, play the clip. Okay, how about this one? LASIK for fingernails. You cut your fingernails (laughs) once, you never have to cut them again. Brilliant. All we need is a complicated laser I have no idea how to build. Seems (laughs) impossible. All right. Uh-oh, saltines, saltines for tweens. Seems unnecessary. Uh, the only business idea I have that's even remotely fleshed out is a restaurant. No way. Restaurants were ranked number one in Accounting Magazine's riskiest businesses issue. That was their last issue before they folded, actually. Magazines are also very risky. Mm. I can't believe an angel investor floated down from the heavens, and I don't even have anything to pitch him. Come on, you must have had one good business idea. You're 52 years old. No, I'm not, but I do have an idea. It's airtight. But I have to warn you, it's not super sexy. What is it? Okay, listen up. You would be the middleman between dry cleaners and the companies that sell chemicals to dry cleaners. Wow. (laughs) Right? You're right, man. That is not sexy. Mm -mm. In no way is that sexy. No. Yeah. Like, what's the opposite of that? What's the opposite of sexy? Uh, me? No, I don't know. Unsexy? Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going with what people have told me, Mark. I don't know. Good to see that communications degree is Yeah, well, what are you going to (laughs) do? Well, for hard-biting news, Pawnee has Pawnee today and Joan Calamezzo, who will actually bite you. And Eagleton apparently has its own dynamic duo of Mike Patterson and Eagleton now. I wonder if he's related to Harvey. He could be. It could be. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, we now cut to one of the conference rooms at City Hall where we see Leslie and the Pawnee Eagleton Youth Committee, meaning Craig, April, Andy, and Madison, watching Eagleton's Mike Patterson bash Leslie's prank on, on TV. <laughs> oh After Leslie turns off the TV in disgust, April tells her she needs to lay low for a while and not talk to the press. Leslie agrees, but still insists on going to the hospital and apologizing to every stinging victim in person. Well, and April doesn't support this idea. No. But Leslie does finally agree to no cameras. Yeah. It, it, she says, I'm, I'm going there. And April says, fine, but no cameras. She goes, fine, I won't bring any. And Craig freaks out. He says, I can't handle all this fighting. It's like Thanksgiving 2004 all over again. Don't even ask. Don't and then he ask. leaves. And then a few seconds pass by <laughs> and he pokes his big old Craig <laughs> head back in. Someone follow me. I'm distraught. Uh, I love Billy. You Eichner. either love Craig or you don't at all like love Craig. You know what? You're right. It's a very polarizing it thing. It super is. Read, read some reviews about these episodes from back in the day. There were people who hated him. But I tell you what, I, I wouldn't say that he has a lot of range. No. But his delivery cracks me up every I, single time. I think Billy Eichner does have more range than Craig Middleton has more range, range though. But they that, that wrote him true. pretty narrow. That may be true. Yeah. yeah. A little more range. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, back on the third floor, Ron sees an opportunity to extend his alone time with John and continue not to do government work. What could be better? We cut back to the Paradise third floor where it looks like the construction crew 
has apparently forgotten about their work and are instead just gently fussing over Ron's beautiful baby boy. Everyone. Everyone's doing it. Constantine, yeah, you know what to do. Play the clip, buddy. Who's a big guy? <laughs> Man, forget about working. I just want to stare at this baby all day. What is the nature of your work on this floor? Total redo. New floors, fixtures, plumbing. How long will it take? Six to eight weeks. Deal. I will do all this work for you in the time allotted. Just have your tools and materials brought up here. Are you crazy? This is enough work for a whole crew. I'm sure the government believed you when you told them that. And I tip my cap to you for profiting off their ignorance. <laughs> but I'm offering you two months paid vacation and the ability to take credit for my work, which will be flawless. Okay. Guys, let's go. I got all the help I'll need right here. <laughs> Aww. You don't need to tell Ron twice. Yeah. What's wrong with that guy? He's got gray hair and a dark brown beard. The those of us who are better than that do the opposite of that. <laughs> those of us who are better than that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm one, I think I'm one of them. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that may be a sliding scale. I don't know. My beer is like eighty. The rest of me is much younger. I don't know what's up with that. Well, I got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing. <laughs> Thanks for your support, as always, Mark. Oh no, it's great. Uh, no, you're great. Oh, jeez. No, you're, you are mm -hmm. great. Your beard's that. great. No, I remember. I just wrote this down. Well, back in Ben's office, we learned that Tom is not a fan of the color beige, and Ben presents an actual money-making idea for Tom, but not in that order. No, no. We cut to Ben's office, and Ben, I think Ben is like, in his own nerdy uh, way, he's kind of building up to a crescendo. Well, sure. Where he's like, and now he's excitedly talking about the chemical middleman idea and, and where the payoff is and like what step. Well, and what's not to get excited about tetrachlorothene? Yeah, the tetrachlorothene. And then so finally... <laughs> Tom says, enough of the Tetra stuff. Uh, just sheer boredom. He goes, oh, my God. And, and Ben tells Tom, look, I, I get it. I do get it. it I, I know this doesn't excite you, but I promise you this is a solid idea. And I promise you it will make you a lot of money. And Tom doesn't seem real happy, but apparently he believes in Ben enough to continue reluctantly moving forward. Well, he needs an idea, right? Yeah. He's got the audience. He just needs the idea. Yep. Well, Mark, over at the Perkinsless Pawnee Central Hospital, Aww. Leslie steals a page from Michael Scott's playbook because gift baskets heal all wounds, except repeated bee stings and black eyes, apparently. Yeah. We, we now cut to the place formerly known as Ann Perkins Hospital. Sad. We miss you, Muskox. <laughs> and we see Leslie sitting with one of the stinging victims. Constantine, play the clip, sir. I am so incredibly sorry. That's very kind of you, Miss Nope. I hope you look Looks a lot painful. less gross very soon. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming, Nope. I knew we were besties. What do you got there for me? Some dirty mags? No, these <laughs> gift baskets are for innocent victims. Not for jerks who got stung because they were laughing at other people's pain. Whatever. Got a lot of filth in my Kindle anyway. You can just hang. Look them up. What? Gotta get Roll this. Roll camera. Tell me when. <laughs> Is my hair okay? We're good? 
Welcome to Eagleton Now with Mike Patterson. We're live ambushing Leslie Nope, oh, who's dear. in the middle of a crass publicity stunt, shoving cameras into the faces of these poor injured victims. These are your cameras. This is not a publicity stunt. I just came here by myself to apologize to all the Eagletonians who got stung. Really? Because all we see is you talking to your friend, known Eagleton hater, Jeremy Jam. Excuse me, Mike, that's a uh, best friend. Eagletonians <laughs> and Eagletonians need to find a way to come together and bury the hatchet. It doesn't matter who bailed out who or who seceded from who. Awesome idea, Leslie. Matter of fact, I say we should secede from Eagleton. Whose uh -huh. dumbass idea was it for them to merge anyway? Oh, Mine. It was my idea. You heard it here first. Self-proclaimed dumbass <laughs> Leslie Nope and Councilman <laughs> Jeremy Jam are spearheading a Pawnee secession movement. And I, for one, am sick of it. All right, you know what? Eagleton, enough. Get these cameras out of here. Don't touch hey. my camera, you Pawnee animal. Name calling, huh? A classy move, douchebag. <gasps> oh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, it's on. Oh. That looked painful. It did. It did. Did you hear Jam? He's like, I wish I had my ninja stars. <laughs> he takes some pens and throws them at Mike Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> pens and paper clubs so not a ninja star make no oh my gosh yeah that was a, a little bit of a raucous there as they say oh it was on that like was Donkey a melee Kong. yeah that was yeah. A, what they call a beer six brawl <laughs> i think there was at least 11 people involved in that yep that's got to be the biggest fight we've seen on parks and rec it may be it may be the only fight but it's definitely the biggest well i mean we had a ron one punch jam that's oh, not really a fight that's that just was... more of a knockout that's still my favorite, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love I that forgot. Jam is still, like, double-downing into being Leslie's best friend. What in the world? <laughs> you think he would have figured it out by now? Nah. Yeah, that's yeah, Jeremy. Well, the following day, we are back at the Parks Department, and there is good news. No, actually, Mark, it's all bad news. Never mind. Just yeah. go ahead. Yeah, it Just is. Do your thing. Yeah, we cut to City Hall and we see Leslie, uh, this is in the bullpen, we see Leslie walk up to April's desk wearing a tie-dye shirt, apparently designed to try and distract people from her black eye. It's working. And April then gives Leslie a quick update, which is not really good news. Um, Mike Patterson's show just aired. Everybody's angry. Jam is introducing a secession bill at the next city council meeting. And then in a rare moment of compassion, April tells Leslie, I'm sorry this town keeps being stupid and letting mm. you down. It sucks. And Jerry then informs Leslie that, remember Grant Larson? Grant Larson from the National Park Service is here <laughs> for their rescheduled meeting. And Leslie realizes, oh, holy crap on a crap cracker. She's going to have to meet with him, not only with a black eye, yeah. but wearing a tie-dye shirt. Bully. Super professional. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's time for the Pawnee Shark Tank, and Tom is finally ready to talk perchlorothene, Mark. That's how you say it. Is it? Yeah. He's going to rock perchlorothene. Mm. Shark Tank, go. Here I am. Rock, you like perchlorothene. That was the original title of that <laughs> As a rework? Is that As a rework, a rework song? Yes. How yeah, did I ever God. guess? All right. So we cut to the office of uh, Mitch Savner of Savner Bleaches and Chemicals, where we see Tom and Ben have arrived and are setting up for their presentation. And before they start, Mitch happily tells Tom, it's not often that I see someone with your sparkle and passion. That's what makes businesses work. Passion. <laughs> so, Mr. Haverford, what idea are you passionate about? 
And this makes Tom hesitate because he's like he's clearly torn. You can yeah. see the wheels. Like he's clearly torn between the idea he's passionate about, the right. restaurant. But Ben has like a, a poster ready to go for this thing, right? Oh, he's ready. He's yeah. like it's it's the back is facing the, yeah. the back that has nothing on it, so right. you can't see because it's, it's gonna be a surprise yeah. when yeah. he turns it around. Yeah. He's ready to make it not yeah. be the back. And and Tom's torn between the idea the, the idea, the passion idea, the restaurant, and then the the solid and likely money making but boring ideas like the chemical middleman. Yeah. And then finally Tom speaks up to talk about Tom's Bistro. That's not, by the way, when Ben turns the card around. Yeah. That's not what's on the it's card. It's not what's on it. But <laughs> but but that, that's the choice that Tom makes at the time. He uh he's in the moment. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is it just me or is does Mitch sound like a gangster from a 1930s film? He actually uh, he reminded me old. a little bit of Ben's father. You know what? You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, he's not he doesn't quite have the menacing demeanor, mean. but his voice yeah. is of the same timbre. He's got a certain timbre to it. You're exactly right. Hmm. Good point. Another fine, fine word. Timbre. Yeah. Write it down, kids. Use yeah. it often. Not to be confused with the uh, the patriarch of the Arrested Development Clan, Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, well, that's true. That's totally different. Yeah. I love Arrested Development. Cut through the haze, yeah. Yeah. Well, tie-dyed and black-eyed it is for Leslie, and it's time to meet with Mr. Larson. And based on her current trajectory, we do not have high hopes for this meeting, and apparently neither does she. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a first pitch for a band called the Black-Eyed Bee. <laughs> No, that, that was a redone brand uh, band name. Re- band name, yeah, never worked. That, that's next week. Stupid. All right, is that next week? <laughs> that's next week. Yeah. yeah, we we cut to Leslie's office at City Hall, where she is finally meeting with Mister Grant Larson, and Grant tells Leslie that he read her request to turn Eagleton Hills into a national park, and he's sorry they can't make that happen, but. He also tells Leslie he's actually wanted to meet her long before she called him about her National Park request. She's shocked that he knows who she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grant then hands Leslie the very same proposal that she made two years ago uh, to clean up the Pawnee River, which was season five, episode one, Ms. Nope Goes to Washington. Washington, yeah. uh, Telling her that this report is legendary. It's easily the most thoroughly researched and passionate Grant request he has ever seen. Which is awesome, considering that she had to, like, leave it with the secretary. Oh, I know. Like, But she did get a promise that they would get it on a person's desk. They make a lot of promises, but still, <laughs> yeah. Leslie expresses her gratitude for the kind words, but admits Grant is a little late. The river cleanup is now well right. underway. But Grant then says, no, 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 I'm only going to clarify. We are opening a new office in Chicago, and I spent the last few weeks reading about you and your career, and I think that you're the perfect person to run it. Mm-hmm. Leslie... Would you like to run a branch of the National Park Service? Pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. way cool. That's way cool. Well, we now bounce back to the Mitch pitch, Mark, where yeah. Tom gets to the meat, get it, of yeah. his idea uh-huh, for Tom's Bistro. Mm. Now I'm hungry. Hope it's not an Impossible Burger. <laughs> you All shut right. up. But once again, like, <sighs> just quit picking on me. No, it's, it's really, it's good. Vegans are stupid. ladies and gentlemen i i don't know uh, (laughs) every state's got that state it picks on the opinions stated by uh uh, by alan uh, are are, not not necessarily those of uh (laughs) me and constant (laughs) 
<laughs> live from Pawnee Worldwide Headquarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that that's what we're doing, isn't that? Okay. Yeah. So we go back to the Mitch uh, pitch. Oh, you already said that. I did. Uh, the, so we're we come back to the office of Mitch Savner, where Tom is finishing up his presentation. And Mitch is enthusiastic about it, I'd say for the most part, but he does Mostly. express some concern because restaurants are, after all, incredibly risky. And Ben then jumps in with the save. At least I oh, kind yeah. of interpret it, it like was, that. It was perfect. Telling Mitch, you know what? They understand, but Tom's thought this out, and there's plenty of real estate available in the old Eagleton part of town. And with the recent closures, there's a massive demand for affordable dining that feels high end. So this, Alan, seals the deal. And we see Mitch smile, and he stands up, he shakes Tom's hand, and tells him, as long as you're running it, I'm in. That's encouraging. Not bad. No, not bad at all. Two good outcomes so far. I'm convinced that if Ben hadn't stepped in, I didn't know if Tom was going to have an answer for that. I don't either. I think uh, he saved his bacon. I do too. See what I did there? <laughs> Impossible. I'll stop it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, will cross our fingers for Tom and his bacon pillows and bounce back to the third floor where our A and our C stories cross, much to Ron's horror and despite the excellent nod to classic storytelling structure. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree with just everything you just said. We cut back to the third floor, Paradise, Paradise at yes. City Hall, where we see Ron operating a floor sander just as Leslie pops into the picture. Constantine, play the clip, good sir. Ron, what are you doing here? The most important government work I've ever done, sanding rat <laughs> urine stains out of this floor. <laughs> what are you doing here? I come here to think sometimes, by myself. But now that you're here, damn it, <laughs> I am going to speak to you very vaguely about a problem that I have, and you cannot ask me any questions or details about it. That is my ideal conversation, aside from no conversation, but that feels unlikely. Look, you know how much I love Pawnee, but the more I try to fix it, the more people fight me. They call me names, they recall me, they try to kill the merger. They literally punch me in the face. And yet, every time I contemplate leaving, just walking away once and for all, I just can't do it. What is wrong with me? Yesterday, I fixed that old steam radiator, threaded a new valve into the side, removed the handle from the base, unscrewed the packing nut from the stem. This subpar toolbox only had one wrench, so... I was lucky it was a three-quarters or I'd have been screwed. <laughs> yeah, man, you are lucky. Come on, Ron. What the hell? I need your help. <laughs> By the time I was done, this hundred-year-old piece of American-made cast iron was singing like a bird. Now, to most people, this story would seem boring. That's ridiculous. It's a story about a radiator. But to me, it was <laughs> immensely satisfying because I enjoy fixing radiators. You like fixing this town, Leslie. You always have. You know it's an uphill battle, but you love the struggle. I would also add that you've already done a hell of a lot to make this town better, and people like this young man here will benefit from your hard work. He's a beautiful boy. He's quite a looker. Thank you, Ron. What's that? Nothing. <clears throat> Clear my throat. <laughs> Busted. I like that clip, Mark. There's a couple of things going on there that I think um, are worth talking about later when we get into our scores, for sure. Yeah, that that may have been one of my favorite scenes of the whole of the whole episode. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, back in Leslie's office, she has her initial follow-up with Grant Larson, and we learn what she has decided to do with the advice she got from Ron. Yeah, we now cut back to Leslie's office where she is once more meeting with Grant Larson, and Leslie tells him it's an amazing offer, and she's very interested, but if she's going to really leave Pawnee, she needs to know that the city will be okay without her, and she won't know that until she finishes what she started. Grant admits to Leslie that the gears of federal government grind pretty slowly, so she does have a little time to decide. A little. But they won't be able to wait forever. That's fair. Yep. Well, as we wrap up the B story, Tom and Ben talk about the audible Tom called during the Mitch pitch. And uh, Mark, by the way, audible is a sports term. I don't know if you're familiar with this. It's a pointy ball sport, mostly. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's, that's a feet ball. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah, I do sports. Do sports. Sure I do. Yeah, we now cut to Ben returning to his office at City Hall with Tom in tow. And um, in short, Tom apologizes to Ben for changing tactics like that at the last minute and kind of throwing him under the bus. Like, you can't <laughs> take this guy anywhere. Look, the, this dummy. He got he brought an easel about this chemical thing I know nothing about, you dummy. Um <laughs> Oh, and also he pretended that Ben works for him. <laughs> can't, can't forget that. But Tom, that. but Tom explains Mitch Savner's question or statement really about passion got him thinking mm. in the moment, you know, and he realized that he would never be passionate about dry cleaning chemicals. Sure. Tom also tells Ben he knows opening a restaurant can be risky for sure, but he knows that he can make it work. So at that, Ben smiles hands Tom a dollar bill and says, well, count me in at the second as the second investor in Tom's Bistro. Which Tom appreciates, but then reminds Ben that the investment floor is $1,000. Yes, you have zero shares. Zero shares. None. But thanks for the, for the uh, you know, the dollar. The dollar. <laughs> yeah, that, I was going to say the, uh, the notion, but yeah, yeah, dollar too. You got one of those. <laughs> Put it on the wall. Yeah. Which actually, I think he does. Yeah, I think yeah. he does. Well, spoiler alert. In the final segment, we wrap up our sea story, and Ron and John discover some satisfying news for the potential of the third floor redesign. Yeah, for our kicker, our very final scene, or at least the sea story kicker, yep. we cut back to Paradise, the third floor of City Hall, where Ron is in hog heaven. He's away from all the other annoying people. He's hard at work fixing things. He's spending quality time with his son. How could it get any better? Constantine? Play us out, sir. Oh, look, John, it's red pine. They were going to put flecked linoleum over this beautifully preserved, knotty red pine. Most people in this world, John, are ass. <laughs> this is the best day I've ever spent in a government building, and luckily my son was here to share it with me. He now has that satisfied look that only comes with the pride of labor. Aww. Or he pooped. Oh. <laughs> Either way, well done, John. Oh, <laughs> that's a he, proud papa. He's a proud papa. You can yeah. see it all over that mustache in his face. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Fade to black. Yep. Well, Mark, good job on the breakdown as always. Appreciate that. And we'll uh, we'll take a quick break, everyone. We'll uh, compare our notes and then we'll come back and wrap this thing up. Yes, sir. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Do you have children? From time to time, do you require someone to watch them? Are you a fan of the medical industry or at least fans of your children being distracted so that you can take a breath in silence? If so, I may have just what the doctor ordered. 
<laughs> Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Here at the Swanson Cabin, geolocation undisclosed, Diane and I make use of a daycare service we have come to trust. After all, we do both work, if you can indeed call my job work, and although we love Zoe and Ivy dearly, Diane and I do occasionally try to have a night out without the kids. On these occasions, we turn to what has become our regular go-to for such things, Hanson's Daycare. Ron, it's Perkins Daycare. Perkins, not Hanson. You're kidding. Huh, she looks more like a Hanson. <clears throat> uh, yes, like I said, our go-to is Perkins Daycare. Anne does it all. She is a responsible adult that we trust with our kids. She is desperate to get the approval of both us and our kids. And she brings lots of neat-looking medical gear for the kids to play with. Who knows, perhaps they will grow up to become doctors. And in the meantime, Diane and I at least get some alone time, and the kids get the occasional choppy haircut thrown in for free. Usually when Anne is busy getting snacks and the girls have locked themselves in their bedroom. She's hardworking, affordable, the kids love her, free haircuts, what's not to like? Once again, that's Hanson's... Nope. Perkins. Uh, Perkins Daycare. Tell her Ron sent you, and get a 10% discount off of your next ticket to go see Coldplay. I don't know what a Coldplay is, but apparently people like it. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, hey, Mark, uh, we'll talk about deleted scene real quick. Yeah, I said scene. There was just one. one. One minute, 17 seconds. And uh, I think it's technically an extension of a very a slightly similar but different scene they did keep in. Basically, where Leslie, you know, she gets some encouragement from April, but there are other team members there in this version. And they're talking about the social media reactions and a bunch of tweets. And it was actually kind of like the scene. But, you know, if you're going to cut something, it's, it's probably that scene. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad. And it's actually probably funnier now than it would have been at the time, hmm. uh, just because of what's happened with Twitter and the world and right. yeah, social media. Gotta love it. Yep. Well, Mark, I think uh, tropes first and fun facts are up next. How about uh, first? I know we got a few. I had uh, I had four. Alrighty. I said it's the first time that we hear about Leslie being invited to run a branch of the National Park Service. Oh, that's a good one. I missed that one. Um, I'm not sure how. First time Tom's Bistro is mentioned. Yep. Um, first time we see or hear about Ron's son, John. That's right. Middle name redacted. So That's Ron's right. Yeah. And first time we are introduced to the third floor at City Hall. Oh, I like that. I also had uh, first time we meet Mike Patterson or hear about Eagleton now. Oh, yeah. Could That's be true. the last, but definitely the first. Uh, and you, I think we mentioned it in the context of the show, the first time we go to the third floor. Yep. Yep. So there you go. How about tropes? I had... Um, I had one from last week. Uh, P-E-H-E-O. Uh, it's a P-E-H-E-O. Punchy <laughs> Eagleton hate each other. Oh, there you go. I like that. Um, PBJ, Punching Bag Jerry. Sure. Not a lot, but there is some There's there. a little bit of sting and from Leslie mostly. Jerry yeah. Gary Lair because they do the sure. thing with his name. Whatever you got. Um, yeah. 
I don't know if we've had this, but I and I didn't know how to do it. I said B.I.B. Ben is boring. That's pretty good. I did Ben as a nerd. I guess as a variant of that. We've you know what? That's a better one. We've done that before. I should have stayed with that. And I'm going to beg the question today. Have we gotten to P.B.B. Punching Bag Ben? I feel like at times we have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have. So I'm clocking it this week. All right. All right. All right. You know what? I'll buy that. Yep. Um, Overprepared Leslie. Sure. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, Fun with names, if for nothing else, but Trod Frankensteep. <laughs> Clervis Rosewater. Oh, my gosh. And then, uh, oh, my God. So good. Um, mugs to the camera. There's yeah. at least April and Ben. And yeah. that, that may have been it for there the most part. Two hard mugs for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little bit of Sweet Stupid Andy. A little bit, yeah. I had um, Woodworking Ron. Yes. And also, th- this is something I think you've had before. Ron loves privacy. Yeah. I got that one again this week. Yeah. What I miss? Uh, Ron hates the government. Oh, good one. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Leslie, oh, LLB. Not uh, binders in this case. Leslie loves binders, but Leslie loves banners. Oh. So it's the, I guess we got LLB1 and an LLB2 now. And LLB3 because Leslie loves Ben. Oh, holy crap. Yeah. We're lousy with Leslie loves Ben. I know. You think LLBs. Leslie loves Lurpuses. That'd be LLL. Oh, my Lord. Anyway, we don't need any more acronyms. <laughs> nope. Mark, I also had Meet the Press. Because that's, that, a, that's a theme that yeah. we've had before, yeah. And uh, I think, oh, Crazy Craig. Crazy Craig, that's a, that's <laughs> a mean, great one. That's pretty much any Craig appearance, but yeah. especially this one. Yeah, I particularly liked when he, he, he leaned in because he was going to whisper to yes. April. And then halfway through the whisper, <laughs> he goes into scream mode. <laughs> you can't lean and whisper. Unfair. That's not fair. No, oh you can't God. do that. Uh, how about Goose, Mark? I had none. So there's one that's on the internet and it's not bad. It's, I don't know. It's kind of long and boring though. So I'm going to skip it. I, I think I know the one you're talking about. They they said that when Ben was showing one of the Excel spreadsheets, it was like a reuse. Of oh yeah, yeah. That's what it was. I, I tried my best to freeze frame that. I thought that the labels were too blurry. You have to go on to the full resolution version on the Peacock there. You can see it. They were right. Oh. I did look. Mm-hmm. On our version that we use for our analysis, it's mm-hmm. not enough, higher enough resolution. We mm-hmm. can't afford the pixels, Mark. No. They, we're on a shoestring very budget. Very costly. Yeah. We, we spend all of our, our budget on the beeps. On the beeps, too yeah. Much yeah. Cursing. Especially, the, oh my God, stop. Again, again. What with the, the heck, so Mark? All right. Oh lower resolution. God. Here we come. <laughs> That's right. Even next week, it's going to be worse now, yeah. apparently. How about fun facts, Mark? I had uh, I saw a couple on the internet that were pretty good, and I actually came up with one of my own this week. I have no fun facts either. I just I just clocked out. What do you got? <laughs> I love it. Well, there's the reference to Leslie saying "tear down the wall," which of course is a reference to the Berlin Wall. Oh refer yeah, yeah. To Mr. Gorbachev, right? Yeah. Um, Tom believes that Ben is 52 years old. Yeah. And of course, Adam Scott at the time was 42 exactly uh, during the making. What of the a episode. youngster! Yeah. Ron named his son John. Therefore, both those names rhyme with Swanson. Hmm. John Swanson, Ron Swanson. Hmm. So just fun. Yeah. And then the one I clocked personally was there's a scene where the the kids, the youths there, they're in the, the, the conference room and on the wall behind them. We have gotten rid of the kang- kangaroo defacing version of the banner. Our spirit dogs and are And we're back. back to spirit dogs. Nice. So I, I did nice. notice that. Yeah, yeah. It's right there in the background. So. Well, hey, Mark, let's get into our scores, and I think we're there. All right. Scores incoming. Here we go. Don't get stuck. Um, my episode MVP, singular, is Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope. Okay. Um, 
I, I Amy Poehler had a lot of screen time in this one, and she I thought she made decent use of it. She was involved in several of my favorite scenes, including but not limited to her being stunned into disbelief in the cold open when Ron brought his son into the what? office and she didn't even know Diane gave birth <laughs> or that he had a fish for crying out loud. Um, the press conference leading up to and including the bee attack. Yeah. Her visiting the hospital and the Pier 6 brawl that ensued, which is actually yes. nice physical comedy by everybody. Like the last episode we covered, Alan, Anniversaries, I actually still, I feel very conflicted about this episode too. Largely because it too, in my opinion, felt very uneven. I didn't think that any of the stories were bad by any mm. means. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that the premise behind most of the stories was pretty solid. Yep. And then somewhere along the way, it, it just it didn't deliver like I hoped it would. Um, I'd say that the A story was probably my favorite, if only for the complete bedlam that broke out at a few points during mm -hmm. the show, like the B attack in the hospital. I still don't buy Leslie being this freaking involved in the merger, but what, whatever. Um, We're there. I like the B attack. I like the hospital melee. I like the plot twist later when she got offered a position with National Park Service as well as the tried and true formula of Leslie going to Ron for advice. I, that's really nice. I like that. Yep. And I also appreciated the callback to Leslie's river cleanup proposal all the way back in season five, episode one, Ms. Nope goes to Washington. I do question what Leslie meant when she told Grant Larson, I have to finish what I started. What's like, that even mean? It's a catchy soundbite. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means yeah. exactly. So I, was it, mm. um, the B story, it, it wasn't bad. And, and at times I would say it actually kind of piqued my interest, but then I, like, I, I felt like it didn't really go anywhere. It didn't reach the high trajectory I was hoping it would yeah. plot wise. I get it. Like it was an important moment for Tom and I 100% support that. I don't know if I would say it was entertaining enough to stand on its own as an independent storyline mm. um, for the C story. Honestly, it started strong. Like the cold open was pretty good. And I was like, oh, this is new, you know? Yes. And I like seeing Ron as a father, but then, eh, I, it was okay. Not much was done with it. No, don't get me wrong. Nick Offerman, I love Nick Offerman. Really? I thought he was yeah. great. I love Ron Swanson. It was endearing to see him as a dad. But while that makes for a, good, a few good moments for sure, I don't think it's strong enough to prop up an entire storyline. It seemed like the comedic bench also suffered a bit from last week. So once again, Unfortunately, Donna and Jerry seem very much shoved aside. And not only that, I would say that to me, it's, it felt like April and Andy, eh, they had a few funny moments, but they were largely wasted. Mm -hmm. um, we had and, a lot of the same thoughts this week. In, in, in fact, the only members of the main cast that seemed to get any serious screen time were Leslie, Ben, Tom, and Ron. Yep. On the plus side, it was, in my opinion, it was good to have Craig back in the mix. Like I said, he he just freaking cracks me yeah. up. I, I I thought he is a welcome addition every time I've He's seen him. He's frequent comic relief. Yes. yes. Uh, someone follow me. I'm distraught. Um, I also... Uh, all right. So once again, you can see my dilemma yeah. like last week. It's like there's good plot advancement. There are some real genuine laugh out loud moments, which I do respect and appreciate, by the way, yep. that it's able to do that. And of it course. is. But the episode felt very mm. uneven. Um, all right. Enough of that. I guess stuff to say about that. In a on, on with the crazy mark. Talk about your score. Yeah, I hope so. I'm going to give a 3.5 base score. Whew, that's I, a low I one. thought that all three scores 
all, all three stories rather were sprinkled with moments of brilliance, but overall felt kind of flat. Mm. And I, I don't know exactly why. Um, I'm going to give half a point for a nice job by my episode MVP. Amy Poehler is Leslie Nope. I'm going to give half a point for what I thought were a great list of guest stars that, quite frankly, in my opinion, saved some of this episode. <laughs> John Glazer is Councilman Jen. Hurrah. Mm-hmm. Billy Eichner is Craig Middlebrooks. Hurrah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Morris as uh, Mike Patterson. Hurrah. <laughs> uh, Richard Portnow as Mitch Savner, um, who's the like the twin of Ben's dad as far as the voice. Um, Brady Smith as Grant Larson. Cindy Endicott as Madison. Yeah. She drove me here. And uh, and uh, freaking Trod. Alan McLeod as Trod Frankenstein. Um, you should give a quarter point just for the name Trod Frankenstein. I would, but I can't do that on oh, account of my damn parking it. space. Um, I'm going to give an entire point for what I call the be all you can be combo. Mm-hmm. Um, watching everyone lose their minds when the bees attacked, plus watching Jam laugh at everyone, plus the media convinced it was an elaborate prank, prank plus Leslie's visit to the hospital, which, like the initial press conference, turned into a free-for-all. So one point for all that craziness. I'm going to give half point for what I call Ron the woodworking father combo. I really did like seeing Ron with his son. And there was something gently comforting to see Ron so thoroughly content and satisfied by the basic premise of fixing things and making them better, needing no help other than his son, John. I'm going to give half a point to what I call the plot advancement combo. Even though the stories felt like more flat than I would have liked, I do respect that this episode may have set up some very important plot lines, such as Leslie working for the National Park Service, Tom opening Tom's Bistro, Ron getting the third floor ready for habitation. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to give half point for what I call the support combo. I wanted to give a tip of the hat to the rest of the supporting cast, especially Ben, Tom, and Ron. But also, to be fair, in my opinion, Councilman Jam, Craig Middlebrooks, and Mitch Savner. I I liked all of them, and they definitely served to help elevate up the the, uh, the episode a little bit mm, and i'm gonna give one final half point something that i've done before i'm gonna call it the resolution combo ron mentoring leslie just like old times mm-hmm. plus tom staying true to his passion for better or for worse yep. plus watching ron the father turning the third floor into their own swanson-esque paradise so you add up all those crazy mark points you're at 7.5 little sebastians um dip, like last week my mind went in a, in a wide variance yeah, here. Like I went as low as seven, all the way up to maybe 8.5. Um, I'm going to give it 7.5. This is the second episode in a row where I felt like it's been very, very uneven and it's not horrible. There's just Alan, there's just something off and I can't precisely put my finger on it. So that's my review. Alan, see if you can put your finger on it. Rock that scooter. <laughs> I yeah, do something with this finger. All right. So Mark, strap in because I've got some comments this week. Got All right. it. So here we go. Uh, I'm going to hold off on my MVPs until I've done my score today. And there's All right. a reason. All right. So I'm going to start with the things I disliked about the episode because I liked to end on a positive note. Okay. okay. So I, I thought, you know, well, several things. So limited use of Donna, Larry, Gary, right? Yeah. April and Andy. You said as much as yourself. Um, overall, I feel this was not as funny as parks can sometimes be despite mm-hmm. some of the standout funny haha moments. Um, I thought I wrote literally this episode cannot decide what it wants to be when it grows up. It's all it, it, at moments throughout the episode. It was all funny, 
thoughtful, silly, serious, and sarcastic. Hmm. And I'm like, so it's all over the place, right? Yeah. Um, I said the ramp from meh to pretty good. Like, I feel like it started worse and ended better in general. Hmm. Um, I didn't, I felt like last week went up and down like a roller coaster. This one was more of a hill for me. Same maybe net effect to, to some of your points. Um, I did not like that Tom did not thank Ben. Ben saved his bacon, mm, like literally. Yeah. And um, I thought that was brilliant for Ben to step in and help him. And I think it would have been really nice to see Tom grateful for that. I Such agree. a small, a one-liner, a thanks, Ben, you saved my butt. Just some acknowledgement. Um, my last dislike is... Uh, Leslie did not consult with Ben for advice on this whole thing, right? Yeah. Ben's too busy with Tom? Maybe. He was out of the office. My very first like is, Leslie did not consult with Ben for advice. Mm. (laughs) It was nice to see her go back to the Ron Leslie mentorship. Yeah. Which you meant as well. And I think for them to do that, she needed to not necessarily take it to Ben in this case. But- It was a pretty weak reason not to, I think. Um, Other things I liked. I thought, Tom, you know, like (laughs) some of the lines, these are one-liners, right? Tom said that this was so boring. It was like listening to a TED talk about the color beige. By the color beige. By the color beige, yes. Well, that's right. That's even worse, isn't it? Yeah, beige is talking. It's it's personified. (laughs) It's bad. Yeah, that's bad. Um, Craig said, you know, it's like Thanksgiving 2004 all over again, but doesn't explain why. Every, basically every Craig line in general. Um, <laughs> April, you can't lean in and whisper, then yell. That's not fair. I mean, these are all brilliant. Um, Leslie and her b-hole and Andy's bee immunity. That's just funny. The whole reaction to the bee breakout, of course, and the hives behind the boards. Ron ta- taking on the third floor with help only from little John. Yeah. Which is what I'm going to call him from now on, by the way. Um I like the fact that they did eventually, and I kind of alluded to this and you kind of give me a weird look, uh, you know, we had our A and our C stories cross and that's kind of a classic storytelling thing where by the end of the story, you kind of bring it all full circle. Right. And I felt like they did that in a couple of ways. And that was one of them where Leslie basically meets up with Ron to his horror on the third floor. Right. Yeah. It, it made sense and it actually really worked here. Um, Ron's wisdom and metaphor for Leslie, you know, um, I, I thought was really good. Um, I like the multi-part kicker again. Um, I feel like in general, Jen Statsky's ability to write a smart story is very important and it influences episode heavily, good or bad. Okay. Um, if you watch hacks or anything else she's written, hers are usually I don't know. There's a signature to them that I can't quite explain. I think I said it before. It's all of those things. Funny, thoughtful, serious, and sarcastic, right? It's, it's all of the above. And in a show like Hacks, that works really well because that's basically what you expect every week. I think the problem here is that's not what you expect every week in Parks and Recreation. And I think that's why it stood out in kind of a weird way, although I do think it is definitely better than last week's episode. Um, so at this point, I'll basically say that my co-MVPs are going to be Ken Whittingham because he's such a good director. He just makes it look easy. Mm-hmm. And Jen Stasky for writing a very smart, nuanced episode. But I'm just not sure that that's always going to be appreciated, especially on a show like Two and a Half Men, 
but even sadly on a show like Parks and Rec from time to time, which is a comedy. Well, you can have really talented writers, but if if for a variety of reasons the 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 balance or the mix of stuff is I don't even want to say a bit off because that makes it sound like I'm judging it. Well, that's but... about setting expectations and meeting them, right? So our expectation for a half hour sitcom is mostly ha 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 and an occasional ah, right? Which Parks that, does really true. well. Yeah. Um, a dramedy like the the 45 minute cable shows, a hacks type show, for example, you're not expecting a lot of ha ha or not certainly one after the after another, right? That's not what the show is. And that's not the complexion of the show on a normal weekly basis where with a half hour sitcom, that is pretty much what you expect in 21 minutes. Yeah. And so I think when parks fails to deliver that, but deliver something else, that's almost equally as good. It's, it's almost seen as a failure. So Here's what I'm going to say. I'm say for the moment, in the moment watching this show, I give it an eight. Like, right. That was kind of your stretch score. I think for the long haul, though, and looking at this as a ramp to things that are about to happen, I'm going to give it a nine. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Mm. I, re- there were th- I really like this episode, and yet I can't disagree with anything you said. Hmm. I'm just going to give it the correct score. <laughs> <laughs> So take that and stick it in your scuba. So we now officially exceeded our point differential. Maybe it depends on what. Well, yeah, yeah. If I'm giving it nine for the long haul, and you're giving it seven and a half. I think we finally did it. It hmm. took 120 something episodes, but yeah, here we are. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Or 104 canon episodes, I should say. We had a good run. <laughs> Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. That's it. That's the end of the show. That was always the rule, wasn't it? If we were ever more than a point and a half, we had to quit the show. You know, I, I, I'll i say this, and I know I made this point last week, because um, remember I had asked you, do you think that you would prefer a show that would just like, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, or one question, that was yeah. like really good and then kind of meh and then really good? And and we had it was interesting. We had yeah. slightly different answers. I, I said I prefer one that gives me the highs and lows because it, it shows that it has the ability to reach those heights. That's kind of the way that I think yep. about it. I and I and I think. And last that, week you gave that show a slightly better score, correct? I gave eight. it an eight. So I mean, there's some evidence there. I, I I think that I think that the the writer has chops for sure. I I think that it was just I I didn't feel like it. The whole thing gelled together. Maybe it is a, ma- a matter of managing expectations. I just, it felt. You're fond of saying that. And I've always taken that to heart. I think that's a, whether it's people or a show like this, I think that's important. Context is, is king. I guess that's true. Um, I, I, I don't know why else I would come away thinking like, it just seems off. Because it could be that it's just, it's perfectly fine. And it just wasn't what I was expecting. But go back and look at the, all the things you mentioned that you liked about Leslie and, and, and Amy's performance. Those were all written down. She'd not yeah. make those up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's true. That, 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 that's it. That's all I got to say. I'm not that I'm saying I'm right and you're wrong, but it's mostly what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated by this though, because like you said that you gave it nine for the long haul. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I I think like so again we've kind of talked about the two like how you feel about the show versus its technical yes. merits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think on the technical merits I'm going to give it a nine. I think how I felt about it was the eight. Interesting. Yeah. Why? So in in your and, mind, and normally you, hmm. how I feel rules the day. Mm-hmm. I think I just really appreciated the words on the page here. 
in a way that clearly most people didn't. I think the average score on IMDb for this episode was 7.7. So it, it's pretty really? low. Yeah, it's pretty low. I mean, you're right there in the ballpark with everybody. And between my, you know, how I felt score and your how you felt score, I mean, that's almost exactly mathematically between us. So in, in your opinion, what do you think for you brought you down from a nine to let's say an eight as far as how you felt I expect about this. this show to always be funny and it wasn't so you had some of the same oh, thoughts that's what I, I said did. I yeah, literally yeah, yeah. agree with everything you said and yet I kind of went with my technical score this week you know what because I, I, I can't argue with that if if gun to my head if you asked me if it had a higher technical score I'd say yeah yeah I mean she's been nominated for I think for eight primetime Emmys and won one so just uh, eight maybe two yeah I mean so whatever or six it's a high number it was above five i think it might be six actually now that i think about it but either way it's i mean more than i have me too <laughs> yes so and uh you know well done i guess in that regard yeah and, and it's you know it's it's a it's a bittersweet kind of review i guess in that way i agree rack them up rack them up <laughs> So, hey, Mark, you know what? Speaking of uh, racking them up, we'll be back next week with 6.16, which is new slogan. New slogan. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with the uh, the story arc here. And we continue on this, uh, you know, kind of uh, tra trajectory of meh and uh, <laughs> see if we can recover a little bit. <laughs> Only 19 more episodes to go. So, so in your world, they're saving it all for the end. I, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. dot. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Please go out on Apple and uh, rate and review us. We'd really like that on Apple Podcasts and uh, help us out a lot. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us.